we are joined by returning guest, Elissa Dunn, who joins us from sunny and warm Phoenix, Arizona. We talk about Elissa's transition to her new social media handle, Hell Queen Cocktails. We cover the industry event, Arizona Cocktail Weekend. We discuss the bar scene in Phoenix and surrounding areas. We also talk about the infamous Waste Management Golf Tournament, plus a host of other topics. We had a great time, as always, talking with Alyssa, and you'll like listening, too. Make sure you check out Alyssa's online social media presence at Hell Queen Cocktails on all the major platforms. Enjoy the show. Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Industry Podcast. Kip with you, as always, and as always with me is Dan. How are you? I'm doing well today. Thanks. Good. Yeah. We're recording yeah. this a uh, couple of days after the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> we took it. We took Bowl. a. We took a break on Monday. Yeah. Which was probably a good thing. Yeah. I did yeah. get some snowboarding in though while I hung over. Well, good for you. Yeah. I did a face plant getting off the chairlift, but that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I had to work all day, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we're recording on a Tuesday instead because uh, yeah, Super Bowl got a little out of hand. Yeah. But, Once again, as every year. Mm-hmm, every year. It just seems like I showed up to the bar, had my had a beer, and then... Huh. And, then that, and then it was 11 o'clock, and you were rolling home. Yes, correct. <laughs> so I'm like, game's over? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had one of the best things ever happened to me where I woke up on... Uh, I thought I had, like, I placed about a thousand bets. And uh, I thought I had, after it was all settled, I had maybe won about $10, which was right. basically a disappointment. And yeah. then I had the best thing ever happen, waking up hungover on Monday, checking my FanDuel account and realizing I had won way more bets than I thought I had. Oh, and nice. I was way up. So it was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. I think I only made like a half dozen bets and I wound up losing $3 in total. So that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah. You can live with it. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, enough about the Super Bowl. Uh, we have a great guest as always. The amazing Alisa Dunn is back with us again. So we're excited for that. Before we get to her, we should mention that um, if you want to be a guest on the show, you should email us info at the industry club or DM us at the industry podcast. Tell your uh, service industry story right here on the industry podcast. If you're just listening, uh, helping us, a great way to help us out would be to subscribe, rate, review, follow, do all those things can help us uh, tremendously. And um, the Instagram page, the industry podcast, all the artwork there is done by Zach Hanna at ZachHanna.co, as we always say. And if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo region, come check out my bars, Sugar Run at Sugar Run Bar. On Instagram, Babylon Sisters at Babylon Sisters Bar on Instagram. Stop by this and check out those pages. There's always lots of interesting stuff going on at both bars, live events, stand-up comedy, live music, burlesque. Check it all out on my Instagram pages and uh, come visit. Come see us. That's it. No more uh, preamble? Uh, no, I think that's enough for today. Okay, great. <laughs> I'm exhausted already. Yeah. We would love to welcome back Elisa Dunn. Thanks for coming back on the show, Elisa. How are you? Hi, absolutely. I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for coming on the show. Yeah. One of our amazing recurring guests. Um, Always happy to hang out with you guys. Yeah, and us too. So, well, I'm trying to think about the last time we talked to you. It's been a while now. Yeah, because we got caught up in the whole holiday shit. And then uh, we had, a uh, yeah, it was a, a bunch of scheduling issues. So it's good to have you back on. But I'm trying to think about where we were at last time we talked to you. Was that like right after your Instagram disaster? I think it was actually. I think it was right after I had like the rebrand and mm. I had Instagram telling me I like I couldn't monetize. Yeah, that whole disaster. <laughs> Perfect right. word. Yes. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yes, I think it was right after that. And I uh, was fumbling a recovery and I am yes. now finally feeling like I have gotten back up and I'm starting to walk forward a little bit faster and hopefully we can just keep on going. Yeah. Well, I, I always love watching all your videos, reels, whatever. I, I don't, I'm really shitty at social media and you're really yeah. awesome at it. So if I'm not using the right terminology, just correct me as I'm talking. But yeah, uh, yeah always great uh, content on your Instagram page, which is now remind our listeners. Hell Queen Cocktails. Okay. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was definitely after that rebrand because I still, yeah. like nobody can, this is an audio format, but behind Elisa is there, she has a sort of wall art with the Hell Queen Cocktails on there. And I remember that being there last time. So yeah, we definitely, it was that, definitely after the rebrand. Uh, yeah. So how, tell us how that's going. How are you, are you, have you built up the followers? I'm sure that was a painstaking process and very annoying for you. It was, it was more, I think it was more anxiety just about not knowing what I was going to have to do. Was I going to have to start from scratch? So just so the followers have a little context, I used to go by the badass bartender. I decided finally it was time to monetize, start making some money. And I had to trademark my name and someone already owned the trademark for badass bartender and said, no, we're not going to let you use it. So I had to come up with a whole nother kind of like catch name or something like that to move forward. And Hell Queen Cocktails is what we landed on. So yeah, I didn't know, you know, I had a snafu with Instagram that was completely separate from the the name whole thing that was kind of just going, happened to be going on at the same time where I had a video taken down because someone got offended at a joke that I made. And Instagram happened to side with that person who got offended by the joke and said, you can't post anymore for a little while or whatever. So I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, luckily, I am now allowed to post freely. Instagram has taken me out of jail. I didn't have to start <laughs> completely over. So everyone's been really supportive with, you know, the new name. Most people don't even notice that it's a new name. <laughs> so right, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's good with me. I'm good. Yeah. I'll figure it out eventually. But uh, yeah, I didn't really, you know, lose too many followers or anything like that. So we've luckily been able to stumble, but not have to start completely over. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what was the joke? It was so it was a video from like two years ago. So it wasn't even a recent video that I had posted when all of this was happening. But it was me making a uh, it, TikToks, you know, used to be all about sounds and everything like that. It was me poking fun at men who come to the bar and order. And sometimes because this has happened to me and I know it's happened to other uh, women bartenders where they will kind of look past me and order from my male bar bag oh, yeah, and yeah. me being like, bro, he can't, he can't even make you a drink. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, unfortunately someone didn't like that joke or wanted, wanted to go out of their way to kind of take me down or whatever, you know, give me a nudge or a peg or whatever. Uh. And went through my videos, went through down to a year past, found a video that, you know, they felt could cause some disruption and go ahead and and they decided to report it and Instagram sided with them, unfortunately. And, you know, it just caused a little fumble, but that's okay. Cause you get up, you get stronger and you move forward and on to bigger and better things. Wow. That's crazy. You know, what's, um, what's fucked about that too, is that, <laughs> do you think that like Instagram just automatically will side with anyone who reports anybody just because they don't want to be on the wrong side of a, of like any kind of social issue like that? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's way easier for them to just go take well, that specific thing offended whoever. So we should just take it down rather than siding with you when yeah. you're like, it's a, just a reasonable joke. 
I mean, I I have to. I mean, I'm sure they get millions and millions mm. and millions of these reports daily. So right. they're not sitting there like really contemplating. I think that for sure. I am. I don't know um, if you guys heard, but Instagram just put out like a, a news that they're not going to support any like political posts anymore. So yeah. your stuff is political at all. You're not going to get views. Right. I will say the posts that did get reported technically did go against their guidelines in the delivery of the joke it it did go against their guidelines it made sense of why oh, okay. it got taken down it was a christopher walken sound i don't know the movie but he says like you talk to my guy like that again i'm gonna beat you in the head with a soldering iron or something like that uh, okay and so, so it was me yeah. saying that to the male customer so it was I get like I get where they were coming from. I'm gotcha. not like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um it was obviously a harmless joke and that's you know this just the world we live in right now. Right. Like, especially oh, if you're going to do the social media thing, if you're going to put stuff up that's going to be controversial, you have to be willing to take that the platforms are not going to be on your side about it. And if, you know, that's just the way it is. It's a crazy world that we live in that you can't like just People can't fucking take a joke anymore, though. Like it's it's crazy, like nothing. But I also I'm very concerned about this. No more political content because my viewing of Instagram over like the last few months, I don't know how we're gonna solve this problem between Israel and Palestine if the people aren't report people aren't posting about it nonstop. Like that <laughs> that was yeah. gonna end the war no matter what. All these people posting their thoughts about either Israel or Palestine. <laughs> I just see it nonstop. That what drives me crazy because it's like, okay, I'm going to a protest or something. <laughs> Hey, but just posting about it in your story is not solving this issue. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't um, you know, I just I just hope that I can walk the line the you know, because I love to, you know, throw my little my little jabs in there yeah. about feminism and things like that. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that I can walk the line a little bit better, because it, at the end of the day, I have to think about does that did that post and everything I went through? Was it really worth what I lost? Right. And it really wasn't. So, like, you know, in my opinion, it wasn't worth like me making that joke wasn't necessarily worth everything that I had to because the person who reported it didn't suffer. I right. had to suffer. That's right. And then that's why so. it sucks for you. But yeah, yeah. I, I was obviously just joking about that. I just joke. Oh like, yeah. It, I makes, know. Me, it <laughs> makes me laugh about podcast can be taken off now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just makes me laugh that people think there's this you talked about it. You guys are removed. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just makes me laugh that people think that they're gonna solve any of these problems just by posting like shit in their stories on Instagram. Like, get it, yeah. go do something about it. Like, yeah. anyway, that's, that's just that's, an aside. That's right up there with my heart is with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts yeah, and that's prayers. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm glad that everything's worked out for that. And everybody should be following Elisa on Instagram because there's awesome content, lots of lots of humor that she's allowed to use, the stuff that she's actually allowed to use, but also, <laughs> but also great. Uh, cocktail making tips so uh the other thing that's happened in your life since we last spoke is you got a new job so talk to us about the new bar you're working at i did um i'd been at my old bar for about three years and you know every industry person knows what it's like you know it just comes down to a time where it's like okay it's time it's time to move on and uh i took about six months 
for me to find a good place that I really wanted to work. I'm happy to say that I have found that place. It's called the Beverly. It's right on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. And I really love working there. I, uh, you know, we do uh, mostly high volume. I've kind of taken a step back from doing like the the really heavy craft cocktail stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We still do craft cocktails, but it's definitely more in like a nightlife high volume sort of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So I I kind of like that just because it's a little bit less stressful for me. And it's a little bit more like, you know, you get in there and the next thing you look at your clock and you're done. And we're just a little bit, you know, a lot of fun. We're really cheeky. We uh, name all of our cocktails like really funny names. And we like to have a lot of fun there. But it's so it's almost more nightclub-y? I would say, well, it's more like high volume cocktail lounge but again we're not heavy like we don't jigger we Uh, don't like uh you know we're not double straining our cocktails we are like balls to the wall every night so mm -hmm. we we don't uh we don't follow necessarily like the the most important cocktail rules right (laughs) we're worried more about volume getting people in and getting people out than if our you know martinis are double strained right and so so, good and bad it is what it is i'm happy there that's all i care about yeah yeah exactly and it's probably sometimes it's nice to go to like if you've been in a high excuse me like a spot where you've been doing like lots of craft cocktailing it's like very brain draining that kind yeah. of uh that kind of bartending so it it's come, sure. yeah so it's kind of nice sometimes to go to the next spot and be like can you kind of shut your brain off and just make drinks fast yeah and <laughs> yeah. it's just a nice it, you know it's i've just been in the like very craft cocktail for so long that it's mm. just kind of nice to change things up right. and and like you said really feel like i can shut my brain off mm. when i go in there and and just have Fun and kind of get back to just why I fell in love with bartending in, in general, which is just entertaining people, fast paced environment, nightlife, fun, listening to good music kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And it, you already have the outlet from all your social media stuff for the craft cocktail anyway, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can yeah, I get that create both. that like creative. I feed that creative part of me through my social media, creating cocktails for that. And I still do like tons of events and different things like that. So mm-hmm. I definitely get to feed that that part of me. Nice. And okay, so we were, we were talking before we started recording, you mentioned to me when I was speaking to you earlier in the week that it is Arizona Cocktail Weekend. Is that, did I say yes. that right? Yes, Arizona Cocktail Weekend. I'm sure most people have never even heard of it. I had never heard of it until I moved to Phoenix, but they are on their 12th year. Uh, they start on a Tuesday. They end on, they actually end technically on the mon- the next Monday. Ooh. So there are events all week. There's some main events on Saturday. They do a cocktail carnival. So it's all circus themed and it's just tons of brands coming out and they have, you know, the brands are pulling out all the stops. They have like ice luges and it's in a big warehouse. They have big DJs and bands and different things like that. It's awesome. And then on Sunday is top bars, which is 40 of the best bars from all over the world. And when I mean, when I say world, I mean literal world. And it's like I said, it's crazy that these bars will come to Phoenix, but you have like Holly Graham from Tokyo Confidential. You have Double Chicken, please. Um, All of these bars coming to Phoenix to serve a couple cocktails for us. And it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it's my favorite event of the year. And then on Monday, we do a giant cocktail competition put on by RNDC called Last Slinger. So bartenders from all over the valley uh, come and compete and and someone gets named Last Slinger. And it's Mm -hmm. a huge cocktail competition. We have so much fun. Are you in it? 
I am not. I hate cocktail. I've done my little stint of cocktail competitions. They are my least favorite thing to do. I I vomit at least once (laughs) during every cocktail competition because I get so nervous. Um, I think they are important for bartenders to do, but if they're not your thing, they're not your thing, and that's okay. (laughs) That's exactly how I feel about them. I think that they are important, and especially through the course of our time doing this show, we've talked to so many people who have done these competitions and, like, listen to their stories of like the camaraderie and all the people they meet. And, and and that's why I think it is like, they're great at bringing people from all over the world together uh, who are in the service industry. So they're great for that. But I'm like, I'm like you, I can't do them. Like, no yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. It's I, just... I didn't even mean to start doing them. I got asked by a brand would I participate. It had been a brand that I had done some work with. So I really was like, I, I need to do this for them. Uh, you know, I feel like our partnership is important to me. I want to, I want to do something for them. And then I kind of did, you know, one and I was like, Oh, you know, it got me really good feedback. It got me really good exposure. I had a good time. And so I started, you know, I did one or two or three more. And now I, I do them almost within the mind. Like I only want to make it to a certain level. Cause I don't want to have to go and like present in person. If the, <laughs> if the entries are like, send a cocktail in or send a video in, I'm like, sweet, no problem. But right. once it gets down to like, we have to fly you somewhere and you have to stand in front of judges. And I'm like, please don't pick me. Don't let me go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get so nervous. I get, so, oh yeah. It, uh, get, causing me panic attacks. <laughs> <laughs> so how does this work? Like you're saying like there's different things going on every day, obviously uh, with the, um, the top 50 and then the carnival thing. Like if you, do you obviously have to buy a ticket to go to these things? Do you have to buy a ticket for every single day or is it like they're a pass that gets you through the week? So they, uh, it depends on the events. Most of the events during the week, there are a lot of brand events, uh, a lot of like teaching, you know, classes that they do or host kind of seminars and things like that. Um, It really just depends on the event or the seminar, whether they decide to ask for an RSVP or a ticket, or you just get to show up for the three main events, the cocktail carnival, the top bars, and the last slinger, you do have to buy tickets and they Mm. are all individual tickets. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And where do they hold all this stuff? Is it the different we venues have, or? They're uh, different yep. venues, um, but they're like giant, basically just giant warehouses that they right. build out and then have everyone come and like throw a huge party. Nice. That sounds yeah. amazing. We, yeah, we, should, we should go to this next year. Nice weather. You should. And yeah. you should have your bar. You should have your bar come and do one of the top 40, have a little booth there and then make some cocktails for it. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Gives me a reason to get the fuck out of Ontario in February. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just so cool to have like collection of so many amazing people in the industry, such major people in mm-hmm. like our tiny town. Like the fact that they've like had, had did you even hear about Phoenix before this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they're willing to come all that way to like our tiny little town. I'm I'm so happy. It's so exciting. And so I I know we've talked about this before. Remind me, like Phoenix and Scottsdale are basically. The same thing. Same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Scottsdale and... is like the golf, really like expensive area. Uh, and then Scottsdale is more like the downtown cool part, you know. Oh, uh, okay. Younger yeah. crowd kind of thing. Yeah. Young professional, I guess I would say. And what is the, like, what's the bar scene like there in general now? Like, is it building up with a lot more cocktail type bars? Is that why you're getting like these events? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Phoenix right now is probably, I mean, I personally think probably the fastest growing city when it comes to craft cocktail bars. We have some of the, 
I mean, Century Grand was just named best bar in the country at Tales of the Cocktail. That's here. Uh, Little Rituals, which is a hotel bar, I think was either nominated. We had like five bars nominated at uh, Tales of the Cocktail this year, I want to say, five or six in Phoenix. And there's just another bar, another bar, and they're just doing such amazing things. It's a, I was shocked at the uh, amount of talent that we have here in Phoenix being such a, you know, secondary city. Mm-hmm. And is that like an influx of bartenders from around the country or is it just people like you, you're just developing this sort of scene out there? So people are kind of learning their craft there. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, most of the bartenders that I know are transplants, just like me. Uh, you have a lot of people from the East Coast or Midwest that want to come to like a more secondary city or, you know, a more major metropolitan city. But but that's affordable somewhat. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Phoenix is a great place to to go. We have good, you know, good weather. Uh, there's that influx of people every winter. And then you have these major cocktail bars here that are I would say that are probably a little bit more willing to train people up because you don't have, you know, it's not in New York or LA where you have just thousands of people to pick from to mm. put in your bar. You, you have to basically develop all, all everyone who comes here. So I think that that's a, a definitely a, a benefit to anyone who wants to get more into the serious bar scene coming to a secondary city like Phoenix and and having a little bit more opportunity to learn. So usually with these sort of, as you mentioned, like you call them secondary city or whatever, like when a scene like that starts and takes off, there's like some sort of, you can almost point to like the bars or bartenders that kind of started the movement there. Do you do you have a pinpoint on who that would be in Phoenix, Scottsdale there? I mean, I would definitely say Jason Asher and um, Sam Ross. So Jason Asher is the one of the owners, developers, like, head guy at Century Grand, which again, just won best best uh, cocktail bar at Tales, Tales yep. of the Cocktail. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever been there, by the way? Yeah, I went. Do you know the bar I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know the bar you're talking about, but I would. I was at Tales not this past one, but the one before, and I went down. And we did. I did a, actually a bunch of live interviews. I, I saw you there. Yeah, yeah, that, the yeah, one there. that we yeah. met at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's that bar with the train where it looks like a train. I mean, when you walk in there, it's a Disney. It is Disney World. Okay. It is that serious, and it's three bars within their whole building and the main one that everyone knows is platform 18 which is their train themed bar so it literally looks like you're getting on a train in a train car they have tvs that go all the way down the sides that make it look like you're on a moving train all the bartenders are wearing like perfectly curated perfectly fitted train uniforms their menu reads like a storybook like everything, the the level of detail that they go to is crazy. And then you have Sam Ross, who owns Bitter and Twisted, Little Rituals, which I think just either was nom- was definitely nominated and maybe won for Best Hotel Bar. Um, he also is the one who has developed Arizona Cocktail Weekend. So he's the, the head honcho for Arizona Cocktail Weekend. So he's definitely, him, between him and Jason Asher, have definitely brought up the scene in Phoenix, are definitely the two major players here. That's a crazy amount of kind of sort of famous cocktail bars for like what you would call a secondary city. So that's like you would almost say like concentrated concentration wise, like you guys are killing it. Absolutely killing it. I mean, so underrated. You would just would never think I think of Phoenix as like a cocktail city, especially because. Phoenix is just now, in my opinion, kind of starting to become a little bit more of a food 
city foods kind of foodie city. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I think that the cocktail scene has actually developed is, is more ahead than the food scene. Really? In my opinion. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because usually it goes the other way, right? Like you start getting good restaurants and then people are like, oh, people like to drink while they eat. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Cocktails are always the second thought here, but it's really been more of the cocktails that have, have really, uh, found an identity here in Phoenix. And now I think the food is just starting to come along. More chefs are starting to come into Phoenix and being like, oh, this isn't, this isn't a, this is a place that you can take seriously. And there's no reason to not have a place here. It's kind of surprising in a way when you think about it, because like, I mean, I've never been to Arizona, but everything I know about it is that like the weather's awesome all the time. And it's like, uh, (laughs) you know, like it's beautiful, like, um that in the whole your whole landscape situation is amazing and like so you it seems like a place that people would migrate to and be like let's let's build something up here but when people don't think about uh arizona that way like when you when you talk to people about arizona it's like retirement community and golf yeah exactly it's (laughs) not like oh yeah there's foodie stuff to do and like cocktail like you assume every secondary city has something but it's definitely not a city that you would like you know, between L.A., Chicago, you know, Portland, Seattle, you know, right. Phoenix might might not be in the mix of those major cities you think of when it comes to cocktails. Right. But, and a place like a Portland, that's a secondary yeah. city, right? Like Chicago and L.A., obviously, those are what you would call like sort of yeah. big cities, huge cities. Right. But like somewhere like Portland is known. And with Seattle, like you mentioned, those places are known for their bar and restaurant scene. Yeah. And they're definitely secondary cities. So it's weird. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. And Phoenix is just not something you think about. But I definitely think people should should start thinking about it yeah. uh, up, up there just with all those other cities, because we have some major players here. Yeah. It sounds like for per capita, you guys are really doing it right. So uh, yeah, the other thing we were talking about before we started recording was this uh there was the waste management uh, golf <laughs> tournament. And I just wanted to touch on it now that we're recording. Cause you're we like, I don't know if you're not up on sports news or whatever, and you're listening to the show, there was quite a gong show at this golf tournament. I'll just give a little background. This golf tournament is very famous for what is it? The 15th or 16th hole or something 16th, yeah, 16th yeah, yeah. where like, it's just a massive party hole. Everybody goes uh, and it's a bunch of college students mostly. And now it's become a big tourist thing as well. Uh, yeah. if you, if you're into golf where people just get at, like flat out wasted and like hang out at that hole. And so it's like crazy rowdy. And it's supposed to be, I think it went from this point point where it was like, Oh, this is one of the things if you like sports, you should do. Cause it's a fun time to now it's being like this is a fucking gong show and so basically what happened this weekend we're recording just after this tournament happened and uh there was bad weather so there was a bunch of like crazy rain there so there was a bunch of mud everywhere and then a bunch of people descended on the tournament in the usual fashion and and i'll let you take it from there yeah so the tournament goes from tuesday to Sunday or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, I'm not sure. But uh, all, leading all up to Saturday was horrible rain. I mean, it's Arizona, it's the desert, we don't get rain. Mm-hmm. So, but it rained every single day. It was cold, it was windy, it was rainy. People were not happy. So on Saturday, when everything was finally nice out, I mean, all hell just broke loose and they were not checking tickets. Apparently, this is something they do every year, not they at a certain point, they just stopped checking tickets. 
and they ended up with like 20,000 or, or something crazy um, extra amount of people and people were just going balls to the wall and they had mm. to stop alcohol sales. Uh, no one could move because there were certain parts of the tournament or uh, that where people would normally stand were so muddy that people couldn't stand. So they were having to ha direct more traffic onto foot paths and different things like that. And it just became absolutely crazy and uh, just got, I guess, really out of control. And so they had to shut it down. <laughs> yeah, there were like a bunch of stories about the uh, golfers having confrontations with some of the spectators. I saw and... some of the videos about yeah. that. And it, honestly, like, as far as I know, Scottsdale and the people in Scottsdale and the people who come into town for tournaments like that and things like that, it doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> um, but the one thing you were mentioning is that, that I didn't realize, but it makes sense as soon as you said it, is that this is a massive gig for a bartender and people are signing up for, what do you say, months or years in advance? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, people people love to work that event. They make thousands and thousands of dollars. So uh, if you're a bartender and I mean, I would have been pissed if yeah. I had been called halfway through my Saturday, which, you know, was the biggest day and you still made plenty of money during the week, but maybe it wasn't as much as you thought you were going to make. Right. Oh, hey, now we're canceling alcohol sales. And, yeah. and I think they they stopped serving food. They stopped serving water. They stopped serving everything. So it wasn't even like, oh, hey, here's a bottle of water so they can tip me. They stopped doing everything. I mean, yeah. and I think that the bartenders, from what I understand, they had to stay there. They didn't get to just like leave. They had to like wait hours and hours to even find out, oh, we're not going to serve alcohol, period. Because at first it was just suspended. Right. And so they're they hoping it's coming back. Like, yeah. 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 And then they were like, okay, hold you guys just like don't serve anyone, but stay at your places oh until we tell you. And then finally, oh. like hours later, it was like, oh, yeah, hey, we're not going to turn alcohol sales back on. We're done. So That's yeah, I would have been crazy. Pissed. Yeah, and like that would have wasted your time. Now, obviously, you're probably making some sort of an hourly wage for that, but that's not what you're there for, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, do you know? Like, I know you. We before we start recording, you're like, I would never fucking work that, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, but do you know like what the process is to get that gig? If all these people want it, like, how do you get selected? Uh, I do not know. Mm. Um, as far as I am aware, just from a few little like hinkerings around me, mm. um, it's more of like a, most people have already worked there many right. years. So it's just they just call the same ones or it's like a referral or that's really more of the only thing that I'm aware of, of how to get a gig doing that. Right. Yeah. Because it sounds like under normal, I mean, I'm sure you're dealing with it unbelievable amount of douchebags but like it sounds like for like if you can put up with that for a week like you must yeah. be just making a fortune so much money so much Crazy. money. my tolerance unfortunately is not that high for that yeah. but <laughs> I, I have I, other good qualities that is not one of them <laughs> i definitely but, would try it for a week just to see how bad it was because it would definitely yeah. be good for story just a good for story sure. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh i should we should fucking go to that thing and do interviews just with the bartenders after oh, yeah. after the, yeah. that would be awesome yeah That's some crazy they they must have some crazy stories oh i can't even imagine because like i i mean i've worked in nightclubs and like so those are some of the best stories of all time obviously Absolutely. but like like I've, I've never done the golf tournament thing we've had people on the show before who uh what was the guy who worked at um 
He worked at uh, TPC Sawgrass. Oh, yeah, yeah. you guys were just on in Florida yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He, of... he had some pretty good stories about some entitled douches. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, this one, this is the tournament for douchebags. I mean, the videos <laughs> that I saw, those people, like, running in, I just couldn't believe it. It was crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, too. Like, the other thing I think you would be pissed off about is if you bought a fucking ticket for it. Yeah, there were definitely people that I saw videos of people like having to sneak in, even though they had tickets because they just stopped letting people in. Yeah, oh I'd be, my God. Yeah. I'd be upset. They said that I guess they do that every year that like because it takes uh, as far as like you have to park like a certain amount away and then you have to take a shuttle to get there. So it's already like an it takes an hour just to get into the mm-hmm. venue and Ugh. then they would say like it would take another two hours to check all the tickets and i'm like well just hire more people like you guys are the freaking pga you're telling yeah. me you can't hire more yeah. people to take tickets or something like that but see i'm out on my those ex- not my circus <laughs> I, yeah I, i'm out on those experiences now when i was younger i would be like oh yeah i would go to like crazy sporting events that were super inconvenient like all this shit now it's like when you just described that it sounds like a nightmare an hour just oh, to yeah, get there absolutely. i was like i have a television <laughs> <laughs> even like you know the vip tickets which you know brands are like if you want to go yeah. we'll you know we'll give you we have our box blah 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 i'm like it's it's still too much of an inconvenience yeah, yeah. unless i can get like teleported from my couch to the vip yeah. and even then like people are going to bother me so i don't want to yeah, they really fucked us on this teleportation thing, right? Yeah. Like that should be here what by now. Happening? Yeah, really should be. Flying skateboard yeah. back to the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly, right? And the flying cars. Yeah. yeah, like none of that shit's happened, but we got Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's uh? Can you remember specifically like a, a specific bartending gig that you worked that you were like that was the worst fucking one? The okay, when I worked in Idaho for and it was a golf resort, yeah. that for sure. I mean, I'm really happy that I did it. Great experience, great for the stories. I would never do it again. What, how did you end up doing that? Um, so I worked, I was living in Florida at the time hmm. and I was working as a traveling bartender. So I would stay in Florida for the winter when season was happening. And then when it was dead during the summer, I would go somewhere else. I remember and- this now. This is so sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but this is so no, funny not- because it's so long ago. The very first time that we interviewed you, it's like a yeah, couple of years ago now. Right. Yeah. And, we talked about all yeah, that. We yeah. talked about that then and that you used to do this traveling bartending thing. All right. Okay. Sorry. That, that just yeah, no, that no, sparked no, my memory. Good. Yeah. And, uh, and so I got this offer to go and work as a bartender in Northern Idaho at this private, it's basically a community where people buy homes and you have rest, you have two restaurants, you have a lake, like house thingy that they could rent stuff and they put their boats there. And, you know, it's expensive. We're talking about big people here. Like Mm. it's celebrity sports athletes, which I wasn't really aware of. I just was like, you're going to pay me how much to come and bartend? Sure. And you know, all that. So I didn't ask a lot of questions. Um, and then when I get there, I find out the first thing I have to do the first day, I hadn't even unpacked my bags. I had to sign an NDA. Oh, and, that's always a good sign, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the very first thing you do is have to sign an NDA. You're yeah, like, wow, I got myself into something great literally here. I hadn't put my bag that hadn't gotten the key to the apartment that they were renting for hair, sign an NDA. I was like, okay, uh, I've never had to do this before. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was you 
stay as late as they want. Mm. Even though the restaurant was technically open from this time to this time, if one person wanted to stay at your bar, you didn't tell them no. There was no such thing as over-serving. There was barely, they're too young to drink. There was, yes. And that was crazy to me. And and there was, you know, there was no saying no to the people who owned in that community. So that was, it was very interesting. I'll say, to say the least. And there was no tipping. Oh, so, God. <laughs> yeah. oh that sounds like gonna, an absolute I mean, I got it hourly, but it didn't yeah. make up for the shenanigans that uh, we had to put up with. Yeah, um, how long did you do that uh, again for like when the whole traveling during the winter or whatever? It or was summer, about sorry? three or four years that I did that. Hmm. And it was a blast. I tell every bartender, if you have the opportunity to do stuff like that and get to travel and bartend at the same time, do it because it's. Uh, such a good experience, good, you know, just uh, going to different culture cultures, but you yeah. know, like, you know, yeah, different yeah. places. I didn't get to go out of the country. So cult- cultures may be a big word. No, but uh, hey, America is one of those places where there's lots of cultures. So yeah, different <laughs> yeah. parts of the yeah. country or the world and just learning, you know, go to work at different types of bars, you mm. know, not all craft cocktail bars. I didn't work at, I worked at some sports bars. I worked at some dive bars. I worked at some golf places. So I really got to see all aspects of the, uh, you know, industry and what can be or is. Yeah. And what, uh, like we probably talked about this on the original episode, but like what, was your process of doing that? You just like randomly put out an application. Like, would you take some extra help for a couple months or whatever? At first it was, I had a, uh, I had a, some, a friend of mine who had moved to California. He had said like, Oh, if you ever want to come out here for, you know, a little while, I I got a couch you can sleep on. And I was like, okay, I'm going to come for the summer. And I figured I'd just find a job when I was there and, and I, that's what happened. I drove, I drove from Florida to California and within the next day I was on, I was in Santa Barbara and I was walking up and down state street, handing out my resume. Who wants to give me a job? I ended up with like three jobs and the rest is history. I was just like, Oh, this is something I can do. I'm going to keep, I like it. So I'm going to keep doing it. That's and then, cool. Yeah, when the summer yeah. ended there, I just went back to Florida, worked at the same the same bar, and then I was like, "Oh, I would like to do that again. I'm I'm sick of Florida. I want to go somewhere else." And then if mm-hmm. I miss home, I'll go back. And then back and forth, it it just worked out really well. So Idaho, that one was the worst job. What was the sort of <laughs> weirdest city that you feel like you visited? Still Idaho. Still Idaho. Because like yeah. you have uh like have you ever heard of Coeur d'Alene? I don't. Mm-hmm. I yeah, have. exactly. Yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. So it's this little town. I mean, you'd never know it existed. And you're talking about, you know, the most major people in the world that you can think of have a house there or have been there are walking through my doors. And I'm just like, what the f- yeah, <laughs> I didn't know I, w- yeah. I didn't know I was gonna see Kim Kardashian. Like that yeah, wasn't yeah, what yeah. I signed up for, but I'm here. Um, uh, though it's very interesting because those people obviously never caused any problems. Mm. Um, it was the other people who were, mm. uh, who are not as well known who right. always seem to cause the problem. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah. Th- those people are professional at being professional. 
I, I mean, I think they've learned by now, like they kind of have to be. Um, yeah, they're, they're always under the microscope, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I heard of that place just from like snowboarding stuff and I'm uh, looking around what's close by and I'm like, what the fuck is this place? And it actually yeah. had a very good quality of life living. Like, uh, so right beautiful. Here. Yeah. It's on this giant lake. And so there's water sports all during the summertime. And then you get the winter, you know, the mountains and everything. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, but definitely like just the weirdest because you're in Northern Idaho. Like yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And it is literally like you drive out of Coeur d'Alene and there's nothing there. Right? right. So it's like the, it's just this drop of the place that you would never guess existed. So weird. But it does. Yeah. And tons of celebrities go there apparently. Yes. And what was your favorite spot? Ooh, Santa Barbara was a blast. Yeah, it was sounds so like it's beautiful. pretty nice there. <laughs> it was, and I had a really good mix of places I was working. I worked at a, a gay club and mm -hmm. I worked at a like Irish or English pub. And then I worked at a, like seafood restaurant right in the like bay or the docks or whatever the hell. So, mm -hmm. and I, you know, it was just kind of one of those situational things. I had some really fun people I was living with. We, we ended up renting this. It was, it was four guys and me. Mm -hmm. I was the oldest, like four guys in their twenties. And then me in my thirties in this giant mansion that is under construction on top of a like cliff looking over the Pacific ocean. Oh, wow. And, and then I'm working, we're all restaurant workers and we just put our money together. And this guy was like, yeah, I'm waiting for permits and stuff. This house is like halfway done. So you guys can live there for cheap. And, and so it just became like a really cool experience. <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Yeah. It was, it was a super weird, super fun summer. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I could only be there for so long before I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get enough. back to reality here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a blast. And I, you know, if you've ever been to Santa Barbara, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. That's what I hear. I want to go. Uh, so do you feel like you're grounded and like, this is Phoenix is your home now? I don't know that Phoenix is my home now, but I definitely feel very grounded. I really only planned on being in Phoenix for like two or three years. I'm mm -hmm. now, I just finished my third year. I don't have any plans on moving yet. Um, it's really had to do with me wanting to stay has really had to do with the cocktail community here. Uh, they've been really supportive, like just right away. I'm, I've never been used to that. Florida is not like that. Um, it's a little bit more catty in Florida. I don't know if it's just where I'm at, but or where I was at. But Phoenix has like a really great cocktail community where I really feel like we're, you know, kind of a big family, whether you're like really in the cocktail scene or not in the cocktail scene. Everyone's been really supportive and welcoming. And like I said, with the bars, the way that they are popping up and popping off, it it doesn't seem like there's any reason to go. So right. yeah. why why go, why leave? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. the good news too is uh, for you, it's like because of Hell Queen cocktails, like you can do what you do wherever. And obviously yeah. you have proven that you can work wherever. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're never, you're never stuck, but it's always great to see you. It's so great to have you on the show. Always. We love you. And you're basically a pseudo member of the show now. So, <laughs> but so thanks again for coming on, Alisa. Remind our listeners where they can follow all of your amazing stuff online. Yeah, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube. It's all going to be Hell Queen Cocktails, all one word. Awesome. Okay, well, thanks again. Great to see you. And it won't be long before we have you back on. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks a ton. Done.